Okay, it is 14 April. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. We have, uh, I got a bandana on. It was sent from Lisa and her sons who went to the Grand Canyon, and they sent a uh, uh, bandana from the Grand Canyon. It's got all of the Grand Canyon and all of the uh, map on it all around there. So that's pretty wonderful. And I want to thank her and them for that. And then, uh, as I was telling the congregation just a minute ago, we have today is Palm Sunday. So we got some new palms all around the church that will be up for the rest of the year. And then next Palm Sunday, I'll replace some more. And um, the uh, Palm Sunday, we remember because Christ came down from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem and he wept over the city. And he, he proclaimed to them at that time that is speaking to Israel, that uh, you actually speaking to Jerusalem, you will not see me again until you say Baruch Chabab. Bashem Yehovah, or blessed is he who comes in the name of Yehovah. And that is something that they are still waiting to do. The veil is still over their eyes when they read the Old Covenant. And I, I have many Jewish friends that I've witnessed to, and I know it's a very difficult thing for them to leave that uh, camp and to come outside of the camp to be a member of the Christian faith. And it's something that they have had uh, basically drummed into them for 2,000 years is that that is the enemy. As a matter of fact, my friend sent me last Sunday after uh, I did all the work on the uh, prophecy update and the sermon, he uh, had sent a video and a Jewish rabbi said that um, uh, Islam is not idolatry, but Christianity is idolatry. So this is still being taught to them even to this day. And the way that he justifies that is that we're worshiping a man when they know very well that we're worshiping the God man. They know that, but they, you know, they mislead the congregations in the synagogues by saying that um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they, they don't say that's the Trinity. They say that it's uh, God the Father, God the Son, and Mary is the Trinity. And I know that because when I uh, was in college, I had to do a report with somebody from another faith, and I called up the rabbi at the synagogue down the road, and he says, well, I'm not going to talk to you, but maybe one of my congregants will. Then he got a trusted congregant that was a uh, Holocaust survivor, and I talked to them, and afterward I said, I made a vow to them before I started, I will not evangelize you. I, I'm only doing this for college, and I understand that it's not my place to do that. But afterward, I didn't violate my promise. I said, do you have any questions of me? And they went through several things that they were completely misled on, and one of them was the Trinity being Mary and the Son and the Father. So we have... Um, misconceptions about Christianity in the Jewish community. And we also have certain verses, uh, such as Isaiah 52, 13 through 53, 12, which they don't read at all in the synagogue. Those are known as the forbidden verses. And if you want to see a wonderful video on that, you can go online and uh, it's called the forbidden verses, I believe. And there's a messianic believer in Israel who simply goes up to Jews unsuspecting and he says, you know, I want to read you something. And okay. And they stand there and listen. And he reads them from Isaiah 52 through 53. And what does he do when he's done? He says, do you know who that's speaking of? And they always say, yeah, that's speaking of Jesus. And they say, he then asks them, do you know where that is? And they say, no. He says, I read that out of the book of Isaiah. And so they're caught because he gives them the word. They know who it's speaking of. And then he says, this is out of your own word. And then they, they realize that what they have been told is not correct. So it's a very good way of evangelizing. Uh, if you're a Jew, if you're a Christian, you don't want to be so uh, uh, forthright about that. You want to you work 
from your Christian perspective and uh, not try to trick people, but because he's a Jew, he's not losing anything. He's he's in the same camp with them, except he has come outside to camp to Christ. But anyway, we'll go on from there. We have, um, uh, oh, before I get into our first category, I lost my computer last night or actually this morning when I got up and I am not going to be answering any emails at all, at least for 10 days. So I would ask nobody to email me. And if you do, if it's the end of 10 days and I've got emails piled up, I'm just going to delete them because I, I, there's no way I can do that. Um, the computer went down. It's going to take quite a bit to uh, recover, and I don't know what I'm going to do. But please don't email me. Uh, I would appreciate that. And then our first category, as always, is Israel. And I was here on Thursday before the Bible class, and I was waiting for Thursday. I've been waiting, as you know, for months because I've been reporting on it since they actually started this process and they had some bad news from space.com. Israel's Bereshit spacecraft crashes into the moon during the landing attempt. The little robot couldn't quite make it, crashing into the gray dirt around 325 Eastern Daylight Time. Mission Control lost communications with the spacecraft when it was about 489 feet above the moon's surface. Sergio did the calculation from feet per second to miles per hour, and it was 299 point, like eight, nine miles per hour. It got into the moon, so it didn't make it. Anyway, um, if at first you don't succeed, you try again, said Prime Minister Netanyahu, who watched Bereshit's landing attempt from Space Isles control center in Yehud, Israel. So it didn't make it. I was sad, and I know Sergio was certainly sad. He watched the update again and again and again to try to glean something that he could understand what had happened. And his wheels are always turning, and he probably has a uh, means of correcting what went wrong the first time, and he'll let him know that because he's a smart dude. Anyway, um, from the Times of Israel. Oh, speaking about the prophecy update, I'm not going to have any uh, graphics on the prophecy update or the sermon today. So if you're watching the prophecy update and everything looks different, I apologize, but I lost all of that work this week. And so all you're going to get is just a prophecy update with my ugly face on it. And I apologize about that. But from the uh, Times of Israel, Senator proposes U.S. enter defense pact with Israel. I mentioned this. It came out Sunday morning last week. And I thought I'd read it to you. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham said he wanted the U.S. to enter into a mutual defense agreement with Israel. Graham said it's time for the U.S. to declare to the world how important its relationship is with Israel. The pact would show the international community that an attack against Israel would be an attack against the United States. He said America should tell Israel's enemies that if they seek to destroy the one and only Jewish state, you have to come through us to get to them. The senator suggested the Republican-controlled Senate would vote in a month or so to formally recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights and force Democrats to go on the record on the issue. I'm glad they're doing that. Trump recognized Israel's de facto annexation of the Golan Heights last month, making the U.S. the first country to do so. It won't be the last. From Reuters, Trump says he made Golan Heights' decision after a quick history lesson. And this is how the guy operates with everything. He gets very quick briefings. He wants facts, and then he makes his decision. President Trump said he made the controversial decision to recognize Israel's 1981 annexation of the Golan Heights after getting a quick history lesson during a conversation on a different subject. 
Speaking at the Republican-Jewish coalition gathering in Las Vegas, Trump said he made the snap decision during a discussion with his top Middle East peace advisors, including the U.S. ambassador to Israel, Friedman, and son-in-law, Jared Kushner. I said, fellows, do me a favor. Give me a little history quick. Want to go fast? I got a lot of things I'm working on. China, North Korea, give me a quickie. How do you like the idea of me recognizing exactly what we're discussing? Trump, who typically demands short, sharp briefings and is known for his colorful retelling of stories, said Friedman was shocked like a wonderful, beautiful baby and asked the president if he would actually do it. The move, which Trump announced in a tweet, was widely seen as an attempt to boost Netanyahu, who is up for re-election. I went, bing, and it was done. Trump said, describing the swiftness of his decision, we make fast decisions and we make good decisions. From the Jerusalem Post, with Turkish loss of the F-35, we have canceled selling any F-35s to Turkey because they bought some Russian equipment, which could compromise the F-35's ability to remain stealthy. So, with the Turkish loss of F-35, Israel keeps its aerial superiority. So Israel's not unhappy about this loss of sales from our uh, jet manufacturers. The Pentagon's decision to stop the delivery of equipment related to the F-35 stealth fighter to Turkey due to Ankara's decision to purchase the Russian-made S-400 air defense system will allow Israel to keep its aerial superiority in the Middle East. This follows repeated warnings from both the U.S. and NATO allies to Ankara that buying the Russian system alongside the Lockheed Martin-produced jets would threaten the security of the F-35s by learning how to spot and track it. Israel, which also has fragile relations with Turkey, currently has 14 F-35 jets and is expected to receive a total of 50 to make two full squadrons by 2024. According to reports, Israel has already quietly tested ways to defeat the advanced Russian air defense system, participating in several joint drills with the Greek Air Force over the island of Crete, where one system is stationed. The drills have reportedly allowed Israeli warplanes to gather data on how the advanced system may be blinded or fooled. It gives them the superiority. They know the weapon system that is coming against them. And at the same time, Turkey will not be able to get that information and somehow later funnel it to Russia. It's an important thing that happened. From uh, all Africa, South Africa, Pretoria permanently withdraws its ambassador from Israel. They've been shooting themselves in the foot for years, and they've really done it this time. The South African government has implemented what International Relations Minister Sisulu calls stage one of its program of downgrading relations with Israel by withdrawing its ambassador from Tel Aviv permanently. Sisulu also suggested that eventually Israel would no longer have an ambassador in South Africa. Christian News Today, I entitle this The Failure of the Church. Before I give the first article, I want to let you know that I told you that Jesus was removed from the New Zealand parliamentary prayers, and the article had claimed that it happened after the shooting in New Zealand. That is actually incorrect. It happened last October. Somebody from New Zealand let us know that. And so that just tells me that it was probably they've lost their hedge of defense with the Lord protecting them. And so now they've gone into a national spiral because they had removed Jesus a few months ago. So either way, it's just bad news. I mean, the places was a Christian nation. The places in the nation are named after Christian 
people, Christian, such as Christ Church, New Zealand, and like all of these Christian nations, they're going right down the tube. So I just want to let you know that's a little bit of a correction. From CBS, um, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I think it's Buddy Gig. He's the gay guy that's running for the Democrat uh, presidency. He challenges Pence on LGBTQ rights. He says, your quarrel is with my creator. I doubt that. Potential Democrat hopeful Pete Buttigieg, I'm assuming that's how you uh, spell it, the openly gay mayor of South Bend, Indiana, delivered a message for Vice President Pence telling him to raise his objections with the gay community with God. Buttigieg, in a speech at the LGBTQ LMNOP Victory Fund (laughs) National Champagne Brunch, referenced the vice president's less-than-welcoming attitude toward members of the LGBTQ community when discussing his marriage to his husband, Chasen, which doesn't seem like a very good name for a husband when you're gay, but he called marriage equality a moral issue, saying his marriage of two years has made him a better human being. My marriage to Chasen has made me a better man, and it has moved me closer to God. I think you'll find out differently someday. He's building a diving board and he'll be uh, using it at some point unless he changes his mind. Said Buddy Gig, a devout Episcopalian. There you go. The once great church has completely devolved. And as I said, the failure of the church, they're preaching this type of stuff. They're saying that this is acceptable in the church today. And you have this attitude coming out of it. Next, CBN. The Swedish church, the church of Sweden, the Swedish church creates LGBTQ view of the Bible for children, identifies Jesus as queer. This is the church itself is doing this. The Diocese of Vastoras, a division of the Church of Sweden, is now giving away an LGBTQ guide for Christian queer kids. This extreme guide describes Jesus as queer and Joseph as transvestite. This is the church doing this. The church, which identifies as Protestant, has created what it calls a survival guide for LGBTQ youth. The guide goes on to contradict scripture by stating the Bible is actually not against homosexuality, implying scriptures which are dealing with it are actually about exploitation or rape. The guide also includes definitions for leftist sexual terms such as queer, cis person, gender fluid, non-binary, two-sex norm, rainbow fairs, and more. It states Jesus' mother, Mary, dared to break traditional sex norms in a patriarchal society implying that she intended on being, you know, uh, having sex outside of a marriage when it's God who came into her womb, as it's clearly described in Scripture. But And Joseph is described as a person who breaks the norms in terms of gender expression and probably went in a suit intended for a king's daughter. Anyway, Jesus is described as someone who broke the norm, calling him queer for the way he lived his life. Also, the guide states he did not defend the traditional family. Once again, these people will pay a very high price when they meet their creator someday. From Christian Times, half of pastors worry speaking out on social issues will offend people. Yeah, can't offend anymore. Protestant pastors aren't as concerned about religious liberty as they were just a few years ago. Amid high-profile cases challenging Christian convictions on abortion and marriage, but they increasingly feel the tension around whether and how to address hot-button moral and social issues. They sense the pressure from all sides. 
many expressed being subject to scrutiny from outside their congregations as well as within. It, that's the price you pay. That's what you do. You speak out according to what the Word of God says. The issues pastors feel most pressured to speak out on are the same ones they feel limited to speak on, with LGBT issues and same-sex marriage at the top. Half of Christian pastors feel occasionally or frequently limited in their ability to speak out by concerns they will offend people. Once again, the failure of the church. This is where we stand in the world today because people are not willing to simply speak out on what this word says. God has given us this as our moral guide, our compass. It is our light. It is the lamp for our feet to walk, and we reject it, and we get worried about offending people. From the Daily Wire, atheism becomes the largest religion in the United States. Once again, failure of the church. For the first time in history, atheists constitute the largest religious group in America. The number of Americans who have no religion has increased 266% over the past three decades and now account for 23.1% of the population, just barely edging out Catholics and evangelicals as the nation's dominant faith. Mainline Protestant churches have suffered the greatest collapse. Mainline Protestant churches, Episcopal, Methodist, you know, all of them, the Presbyterian church. They're just bringing in people that are compromising the morals and the values, and where that's where you go with it. Yeah, I know, calling atheism a religion, but it is. It's a religion. It's a humanistic religion. It says um, that Protestant churches declined 62.5 percent, 62.5 percent since 1982, and now compromising just 10.8 percent of the population. What a sad place we're in in this nation. Mail online. This has, yeah, this is also the failure of the church. I'll agree with that. Holy kicks. Instagram account points the finger at celebrity megachurch preachers known for their very expensive sneakers. They've got a a Twitter account that just takes pictures of pastors with, and when I say expensive, five and six thousand dollar pairs of sneakers that they're wearing on the stage, flaunting that money. And listen, I don't have that problem. Okay, I don't have that problem. Every time. I, I got to tell you what this that, to me, it's just appalling. But they, they have other things that they include in there. They include like um, uh, jackets that are ten thousand dollars and, you know, whatever, all these clothes. But they yeah, they specifically pick on the sneakers. It says um uh, account at Preacher's Sneakers has grown to over 54,000 followers, highlights megachurch preachers who wear expensive kicks and bling. It's, it's appalling. I mean, it's just amazing. Anyway, from Islam today, from The Guardian, Haftar's advance leaves UN's hopes for Libya settlements in tatters. Libya's made a lot of noise this week. I want you to know that. From the Washington Post, Libyan warplanes target forces of renegade commander on Tripoli's outskirts. BBC, Libya fighting prompts condemnation by G7 and the United Nations. Al Arabiya, Russia warns against foreign meddling in Libya. So they've got their internal struggles, and Russia is, as I showed you a few months ago, they're on both sides of this argument. They're with Khalid Haftar, and they're also with the the, uh, government that's warring against him. So whoever wins, Russia wins. And they're saying, don't meddle in this, any foreign powers. They know what's happening, and this is exactly, exactly what Ezekiel 38 says is coming. Gog, Magog, Russia, Iran, Turkey, Libya, 
and the area of the Sudan, all coming against Israel, and they're all being aligned with Russia right now, every one of them. I'm surprised they don't follow that rule in Venezuela. Oh, yeah, they don't follow that rule in Venezuela, do they? From BBC, Libya crisis, fighting near Tripoli leaves 21 dead. Rebel forces under General Khalifa Haftar have advanced from the east with the aim of taking Tripoli. Prime Minister Fayez al-Saraj has accused him of attempting a coup d'etat and says rebels will be met with force. Can we help you, ma'am? <laughs> That's my mom coming in late. Zero hedge. U.S. forces evacuate Tripoli as fighting in Libyan capital heats up. U.S. troops have been ordered by the Pentagon to evacuate the Libyan capital of Tripoli as fighting between the U.N.-backed government and Benghazi-based renegade General Khalifa Haftar spilled into the streets, leaving at least 21 dead and 27 injured. U.S. Army's Africa Command announced the evacuation in response to the evolving security situation there. The security realities on the ground in Libya are growing increasingly complex and unpredictable. Even with the adjustment of the force, we will continue to remain agile in support of existing U.S. strategy. Haftar, who solidified control of eastern Syria and swept through the south in January, seeks to capture Tripoli and seize military control of the entire country. After his self-proclaimed Libyan National Army claimed to have secured Tripoli's international airport. It is so interesting. I've been saying this now for the past two years. Watch Libya because everybody else is lined up except with the Sudan, who's going through their own trouble right now, if you've been paying attention, and they are also in the back pocket of Russia. Watch Libya, and it's happening right before our eyes, and this was prophesied 2,600 years ago, and it's coming out exactly as the Bible says. The nations that aren't coming against them are not aligning with Russia, despite our previous president's attempts to do so, because the Bible knew that this was going to come about. It is astonishing. What a word we uh, have and what a God we serve. All right, uh, we'll go on here from Bloomberg. Erdogan, who's in Turkey, says Russia defense deal done as Putin urges more ties. Once again, perfectly aligning with what the Bible said. Turkish President Erdogan says he's going ahead with the controversial purchase of Russian air defense system over U.S. objections as Kremlin leader Vladimir Putin urged even closer military links between their two countries. Everything is done on the agreement to buy the S-400 missile system, and those who ask or suggest we backtrack don't know us. If we sign a deal on an issue, that's a done deal. This is our sovereign right. No one can ask us to back down. Russia's ready to consider deepening defense cooperation with Turkey through joint development and joint production of the high-tech weaponry. Putin said, while they discussed implementing the S-4 contract, there are also other promising projects. Bible is so relevant, folks. From CNN, Trump designates elite Iranian military force as terrorist organization, the IRGC. I see some head shaking, so you know that. Zero hedge, Iran designates U.S. military as terrorist organization. And then from Al Arabiya, Pompeo warns all banks, businesses to end dealings with the IRGC. U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo warned all banks and businesses against dealing with Iran's Revolutionary Guards after Washington designated the group as a terrorist organization. 
the leaders of Iran are racketeers, not revolutionaries, Pompeo said. Businesses and banks around the world now have a clear duty to ensure that companies with which they conduct financial transactions are not conducted with the IRGC in any material way. The use of terrorism is central to the Iran's foreign policy. The designation of IRGC, including the Quds Force, will help starve the regime of the means to execute this destructive policy. Maximum pressure will be unrelenting until Iran's regime abandons its deadly ambitions, Pompeo added. And I would like to qualify that because Pompeo must not know what Ezekiel 38 says. There, how did he say it? Maximum pressure will be unrelenting until Iran's regime abandons its deadly ambitions. I would say until Iran's regime is destroyed in Gog Magog because that is when this will happen. Mongolia today from Xinhua. Mongolia to increase minimum wage next year. Good job, Mongolia. Mongolia is going to raise its monthly minimum wage to 420,000 to Grooks. $167. Yep. As of January 1st, 2020, Mongolia's Tripartite Council, which brings together representatives of the Ministry of Labor and Social Protection, employers and trade unions, agreed to increase by 100,000 Mongolian Tugruks, which is about 40 bucks, from the beginning of the next year, the ministry said in a statement. Currently, roughly 1.1 million people are employed in the country, of whom 8% receive minimum wage salaries. These people are living minimum wage on $167 a year after their increase. That's amazing. And here we, you know, 167 bucks, we can go next door and have dinner for that. We're so blessed in this country, and we're just squandering our inheritance, throwing away what the Lord has blessed us with. From Daniel 12 Technology Today. Mail online, you've probably heard this a million times and they've done another study and it still is true. Dogs really can sniff out lung cancer with 97% accuracy. As experts hope man's best friend's powerful sense of smell could pave the way for new tests to spot the disease earlier. Scientists taught three beagles how to sniff out lung cancer in blood samples. They identified which sample was from a lung cancer patient 96.7% of the time. Dogs have smell receptors, which are 10,000 times more accurate than humans. So they call them man's best friend. I've got eight of them, and this week I was not best friends with one of them. Oh. I went to take him out in the morning, as I do every day, and he peed all over me. Oh, and it kind of fits his name. His name is Pishnai. So anyway, Pishnai means double portion. But anyway, uh, yeah, he, I, he, I don't know. First thing in the morning, it's three... 30 or something and I take the dogs out you know before I do my Bible reading and he just got all excited here's daddy and he let me have it so he's still my best friend Pishnai's a good boy anyway the the name came from you know we were in the projects and they had the people that uh, the Hispanic family that we see every week they have a chihuahua and they had a litter of chihuahuas and there was one in there that was the runt it was a little girl dog about this big and I said that's the one I want her name is Mary She's the dog. If you watch the Prophecy Updates, at the very end of the update, I always have her picture on to end the Prophecy Update. And she was just the run of the litter, and I said, that's going to be the best dog, and she really is. She's wonderful. But Pishnai was in there, and he was a beautiful dog. Well, anyway, somebody else got him, and about a week later, they're like, we just can't have a dog. It's too much work for us. And so that's why he's got the name Pishnai, is because he's a double portion. I got Mary first, and then double portion came along. But he's a good boy. He's just very like a boy. Anyway, mail online. 
Would you take a drone taxi? Flying cab with no pilot. Drone taxi, no pilot, takes his first test flight in Vienna and it is ready for mass production. The E Hong 216 has been tested and ready for production, the company said. E Hong partnered with Austria's FACC, owned by a Chinese aerospace group, AVIC. The plane weighs 340 kilograms, which is 750 pounds, and can fly at 90 miles an hour. No pilot, get in, they'll fly you where you want to go, maybe you'll land. <laughs> mail, I, uh, mail online. Super light micro engine. This is so interesting. I got to tell you what, I, I just love this type of stuff. Super light micro engine that weighs 22 pounds, like you're taking your bags and you're going flying for a couple days. 22 pounds, it is the size of a backpack, is powerful enough to drive a Ford Fiesta for 750 miles without refueling. Little 22-pound engine. It was invented by Shaul Jacobi, a firm Aquarius engine based in, of course, Tel Aviv. It's 10% more efficient than an average car and will be commercially available by the end of 2020 and in cars by 2022. An engine that is this big, you can carry it with your hand, plug it in your car, go 750 miles. Amazing. And then Mail Online, Worrying Flaw lets users trick Samsung Galaxy. Anybody here got a Samsung Galaxy? I put my hand down because you know I don't have cell phone. Anyway, Samsung Galaxy S10's fingerprint reader with a 3D printed fingerprint. So if you have your fingerprint, they can make a copy of it, 3D print it, and now they can get into your Galaxy. So if you own one, be aware of that. Revelation Plagues today from MSN. This made all of the news services. It's something I reported on two years ago, and now it has really taken hold. I said, watch this. Here it is. Deadly germs lost cures, a mysterious infection spanning the globe in a climate of secrecy. Last May, an elderly man was admitted to Brooklyn branch of Mount Sinai Hospital for abdominal surgery. A blood test revealed that he was infected with a newly discovered germ as deadly as it was mysterious. Doctors swiftly isolated him in the intensive care unit. The germ, a fungus called Candida auris, preys on people with weakened immune systems, and it is quietly spreading across the globe. Over the last five years, it has hit a neonatal unit in Venezuela, swept through a hospital in Spain, forced a prestigious British medical center to shut down its intensive care unit, and taken root in India, Pakistan, and South Africa. Recently, C. auris reached New York, New Jersey, and Illinois, leading the federal CDC to add it to a list of germs deemed urgent threats. The man at Mount Sinai died after 90 days in the hospital, but C. auris did not. Tests showed it was everywhere in his room, so invasive that the hospital needed special cleaning equipment and had to rip out some of the ceiling and floor tiles to eradicate it. Everything was positive. The walls, the bed, the doors, the curtains, the phones, the sink, the whiteboard, the poles, the pump, said Dr. Scott Lauren, the hospital's president. The mattress, the bed rails, the canister holes, the window shades, the ceiling, everything in the room was positive. Sea Oris is so tenacious in part because it is impervious to major antifungal medications, making it a new example of one of the world's most intractable health threats, the rise of drug-resistant infections. And then from Fox 13, CDC, deadly drug-resistant fungus spreading through hospitals. More than 700 cases from mostly in Illinois, 
New Jersey and New York have been reported. Growing numbers of cases have been reported. Here's why I included the article. Florida, California, and a handful of other states. The CDC says the yeast can enter the bloodstream and spread through the body, causing invasive infections. You talk about revelation plagues and what the Bible says is coming. I think it's a third of the population is going to die just by plague. There you go. Easy to happen when we have the world in the state it's in. Morality today from Life News. Unplanned. The movie? Yes. Unplanned stays in top 10 with surprising second strong week at the box office. Good job. Good job. ABC. Florida abortion bill would require minors to obtain consent. I can't believe we don't have that already, but they've put it in as a bill. Life site. Georgia governor will sign abortion ban despite Aliso, whoever she is, Alisa Milano protest. Not worried what Hollywood thinks of me, he says. Good job. Got a spine there. Life news. Virginia governor who supported infanticide, the guy just a couple weeks ago, signs a bill to make animal cruelty a felony. You can kill a baby born outside the womb, but if you harm a dog, you can go to prison. Life News. President Trump cuts planned murderhood funding $44 million and sends the funds to pregnancy centers. I love the decisions he makes. I absolutely love them. From BCN, federal court upholds Kentucky law forcing abortionists to offer women ultrasounds. This also inherently provides the patient with more knowledge about the effect of an abortion procedure. It shows her what or whom she is consenting to terminate. That disinformation might persuade a woman to change her mind does not render it suspect under the First Amendment. It just means that it is pertinent to her decision making. My brother posted a picture of two ladies protesting abortion on uh, his wall yesterday. One of them had a, a sign that said, I walked out of my abortion. She went into the clinic to have one, and it had an arrow pointing at the other person, and the person says, I'm glad I wasn't aborted. Twenty-some-year-old daughter, beautiful young lady, because her mother changed her mind. Mail Online, Alabama lawmakers propose law that would punish abortion providers with up to 99 years in prison in bid to get the Supreme Court reversal of Roe versus Wade. Republican, that's the only reason why they're doing this is just so somebody will challenge it and the decision then has to be made by the Supreme Court. Republicans introduced a bill into the Alabama Senate and House. Bill would make performing abortions a Class A felony, punishable with up to 99 years, would not punish women receiving abortions, and includes medical exemption. Lawmakers hope to spur a legal battle that would end up before the Supreme Court. Overturning 1973 Roe v. Wade precedent would return abortion law to the states, which it's already there anyway with all the liberal states because they have done what they're doing and they're going to continue to kill and kill and kill. This is for the states that don't want this. Anyway, pro-abortion activists decry the proposed law as a death sentence for women. Christian Post fined $55,000 for calling a male a male. Canadian Tribunal finds Bill Watcott. He uh, called a biological male who identifies as a female a biological male. That's all he did. He said, you're a biological male. That was his crime. He's been fined $55,000, which is something that we said was going to happen a year ago when they passed that law or two years ago, that you can no longer say anything in Canada without being fined, even if it's the truth. Our other category, zero hedge. European cars will soon slow down automatically. 
If you're speeding, the speed limiter device called Intelligent Speed Assistance uses GPS and sign recognition to detect speed limits and will sound a warning and automatically slow a vehicle down if it is exceeding the speed limit. Drivers will be able to override the device by pressing really hard on the accelerator. Yeah, although that may also quietly notify nearby police. So if you do step on it, the police will be notified you're going to get a ticket one way or another. No more having fun behind the wheel, folks. Oh, yeah, cause yeah. <laughs> that's exactly was the opposite people's argument. It could cause accidents. And if you need to pass somebody because they're a danger, how do you do it? So there you go. You got two sides of the coin, but they don't care about that. Straits Times. Thousands in Britain left to go blind. This is what we want here in America, folks. Left to go blind due to eye surgery rationing. Yes, a survey by the Royal College of Ophthalmologists found tens of thousands of elderly people are left struggling to see because of an NHS cost-cutting drive that relies on them dying before they qualify for cataract surgery. Yes, the RCO said it survey found 62% of eye units retain policies that require people's vision to have deteriorated I know I didn't pronounce that right. Uh, anyway, below a certain point before surgery is funded. With more than 400,000 cataract operations carried out each year, the NICE concluded that there was no justification for policies that denied patients cataract removal surgery until they could barely see. The RCO said that refusal to fund surgery was insulting and called into question the entire system through which the NHS approves treatments, which is exactly what you get when you have socialized medicine. They decide when you are going to die, and then they say you don't need treatment because of that. And that's what they want here in the U.S. From Zero Hedge, GPS goes haywire when Putin is near. A study published by the Center for Advanced Defense has determined that Russia security services are using a cutting-edge new technique, presumably to protect President Putin, as well as several government buildings in Russia and military facilities in Syria from drone attacks. Using publicly available data sets and reports on social media and in the press, they pinpointed incidences of GPS spoofing when an electronic weapon scrambles the data stream between nearby ships, vehicles, and aircraft and the satellites that help power their navigation systems. In many cases, like one incident that occurred near the Krech Strait, the site of a skirmish late last year between Ukrainian and Russian forces, as Putin and a convoy of construction vehicles crossed a new bridge over the strait, the GPS of ships docked in a nearby harbor suddenly went haywire. The incident is one of many highlighted in a new report that found that Kremlin spoofed GPS to effectively place a bubble around Putin or properties associated with him. The researchers used public marine GPS databases as well as GPS monitoring device on the ISS, the International Space Station, to track similar instances. The researchers theorized that one reason spoofing is deployed is to protect Putin and other Russian officials from attacks or surveillance by drones that rely on GPS. So if Putin is coming to your hometown and you need to go somewhere, make sure you have a map handy because your GPS is gonna go crazy. From Breitbart, too bad I don't have the graphics with the uh, prophecy update for the folks online today because the graphics were all really great pictures of Putin eating popcorn real sneakily. And anyway, it was a great one, but tough. 
Breitbart, Amazon is on a digital book burning spree. The web retail giant has become the dominant market player in book sales, accounting for 50% of physical and 83% of ebook sales in the United States. As such, Amazon has the power to effectively cut off an author from the vast majority of the book's market. Amazon began its new round of purges by targeting the white nationalist fringe. Oh, that sounds great. We don't need white nationalist fringe. In February, the tech giant banned a number of books from the white identitarian Jared Taylor and a book called The White Nationalist Manifesto by Greg Johnson. So he's doing everybody a service by banning these books, okay? This followed bans on Holocaust revision books in 2017 and a purge of all books by controversial pickup blogger and author Dayush Valizadeh in 2018. So you're getting rid of all these really bad guys. Well, it gets worse. As with financial blacklisting, a censorship spree that starts by targeting extreme ideas quickly moves towards the censorship of more mainstream ones. In early March, the online retailer banned Muhammad's Quran, Why Muslims Kill for Islam, a chronological Quran and critique of the Islamic religion co-authored by British populist Tommy Robinson. The book is a chronological reordering of the Islamic Quran, followed by a commentary by Robinson and Peter McLaughlin. In 2010, Amazon refused to take down a book defending pedophilia and on First Amendment grounds. So you can have pedophilia, but you can't have a critique of Islam. Okay? Amazon believes it is censorship to not sell certain books simply because we or others believe their message is objectionable. This is about the pedophilia book. Amazon does not support or promote hatred or criminal acts. However, we do support the right of every individual to make their own purchasing decisions. So that's their stand when it comes to pedophilia. And even before that, Amazon had watered down its commitment to the right of every individual to make their own purchasing decisions. In 2015, the site banned the sale of all merchandise depicting the Confederate flag. So it is pick and choose, and if you are on the right, they've chosen you. Got a lesser here for you. To offend God or man is the case. To name sin or just offer them grace. You just can't do both, not to garner church growth, just remember the judgment you face. And that's speaking of the pastors that aren't willing to speak out. So there you go. Good job, Les or Kathy. I don't know which one did that. Then we got a couple of ironies. Actually, these are more odd than irony this week, but they're they're good way to close things out. From Mail Online, monkeys, real monkeys. Monkeys have terrorized South African hospital patients for three months as they run riot through wards and kitchens, stealing food while sick and elderly cower under their blankets. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness we don't have to put up with that. And then Mail Online, foul move. And this is F-O-W-L, foul move. A woman calls 911 after her husband brought home the wrong type of chicken. Yes. 911. Hey, foul move, lady. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.